Amen. There it is. All right. If you got a Bible this morning, I want to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. The Gospel of John, chapter 4. And we know today, it should come up here in a minute, it's the day we've been working on with our transition team to present to you part of the vision of what God has placed on our heart here at Bethany Baptist Church. If you look around this morning, it looks pretty good to see a full church. Amen? And I don't know about you, it just blesses me every Sunday to come and I see full pews. So today, as we gather, we want to talk about the multi-purpose building transition vision Sunday is what we're calling this, I am anyway. And we all know pretty much, if you've been coming, what we're trying to do. We're running out of room in here, and we got to find a way to reach and fit more people. And so we prayed, and we've looked at different things, seeking God for His wisdom, believing at this moment that God has led us, that we need to be looking and making preparations, because God's kingdom is moving forward. And Jesus said He was going to build His church. And the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the church, though the people who labor, labor in vain. Amen? But if you look around this morning, you can see that if people make up the church, and the church is not a building, it's not a location, a church is people who can sing what we just sang. I am a child of God. I don't know about you, but how could you ever, ever get tired of saying that? I am a child of God. There's a lot of titles, there's a lot of things that the world can describe you by, but there's nothing more important, there's nothing better than being able to say, I'm a child of God, that God adopted me, He bought me, He redeemed me, because He saved me with the blood of Jesus. And so, today as we come, we realize that because of who Jesus is, that's who makes us who we are. And so, what we're trying to do is find a way to make more room, and so that we can reach more people. So that God can continue to build his church, which is people brought together in his name to form the body of Christ so that we can be his representation here on earth. And so I want you to look at something. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Now I'm going to get to chapter 4 right quick. And I promise we're going to get real quick past some scriptures. But I don't want you to just know what we're doing. I want you to know why we're doing it. Because the Bible says that one day after many years, about two years probably in the third year of Jesus' ministry with his 12 apostles. He was at a place called Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do men say that the Son of Man am? And if you asked people today, who do you say Jesus is, you would get a lot of answers. <laughs> you get a lot of things that people think about Jesus, and you would have all kinds of things, but Jesus asked them, and, they, and if you was to look at the text, they all began to say, well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're one of the prophets. Some say a lot of things about Jesus. But Jesus said, what do you say about me? And there's nothing more important about you than what you say about Jesus. Because where you spend eternity and who you are on earth is dependent upon how you answer that question. And Simon Peter Good old Simon, he wasn't afraid to speak up. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That means that you are the Messiah of Israel. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You are the Christ, the Savior of the world. And because you are that, you're the Son of God, the living God. And he looked at him and he said, he answered him. He said, blessed are you, Simon Borjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Now, guys, the church is made up of people, just like Peter, that the Spirit of God has helped and given understanding that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the Christ, the Messiah, and that He is the Son of the living God, which makes Him God. Amen? That's who the church is. And God wants everybody to know that that's who He is. And so what did He say? He said, Peter, upon that, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Now, there are some churches, one church in particular, that wants to say that he's building that rock is Peter. But God ain't building nothing on men. He's building upon Christ, 
Because Paul said, there is no other foundation in which we can lay except that which is laid, Christ Jesus. And he said, as a master builder, I build upon that foundation. He said, I plant, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Amen? So we plant, we water, but God gives increase to his church. And we build it upon the rock that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the gates of hell shall not have passed it. And what did he say? He said, I will build my church. So why are we doing it? Jesus makes it pretty clear that he's building his church. As long as the church is here, he's not planning on the church just being in survival mode, just getting by mode. He wants the church to thrive, to be victoriously, to engage and carry forth the cause of his kingdom unashamedly proclaiming the gospel. Not ashamed because it is the power of God for anyone who shall believe to get saved. Amen? And that's what the church is here for. And that's why we do what we do. Everything we do should be because of that. Now I want you to look at this as we look here in our text. As you look here, this gives you a perfect example. Last week we looked at reaching God's remnant. And guys, there is a remnant out there that's ready to be saved. And we've seen that when Paul went into, um, help the preacher. Okay, second Corinthians, when he went to Corinth, he went in and he was scared, he was nervous. And God told him, do not fear, Paul. Don't shut up, but speak up. For I have many people in this city. And Paul kept preaching the gospel and a church was established. Just as he had many people in Corinth. He's got many people in Bethany, amen? He's got many people that will be saved if we just be the church. And guys, I want you to see this. Jesus says in chapter 1, I mean verse, chapter 4, He says, if you look with me in verse 4, but He needed to go through Samaria. So Jesus went through Samaria. Samaria was not where a Jew and his followers would have went. Samaria they were hated by the Jews, and the Jews were hated by the Samaritans, but he said he needs to go there. And when he gets there, he runs into a woman at a well. We all know this story, so I ain't going to even preach it. I'm just going to give it to you real quick. The woman, after engaging and encountering Jesus, understood that he wasn't a normal man. She said, are you one of the prophets? He looked at her. He told her, yes. And then he began to talk to her about worship. He told her the true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and truth. There's going to come a time where we don't worship in a location. We don't worship on a certain mountain. That the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And she began to get convicted. She tried to change the subject. And then all of a sudden Jesus looked at her, told her about her story. And every one of us has got a story. And in that story, every one of us has got something to hide just like that lady. And he told her, he said, Yes, you've had five husbands, and the one you went now is not your husband. So she leaves, and this is where I want to pick up the story. The woman then left her water pot at the well. She went on her way back into the city. Now, this is a Samaritan city, a place that hates Jews, so they would have hated a Jewish Messiah. But she goes back, and she says, I just met a man. Come and see a man could told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the what? The Christ. And that's what he asked Peter. Who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ. There are people all over waiting for the Christ, waiting for the Savior, waiting for the good news of the gospel to be forgiven. And then they hear it. And they hear that truth presented scripturally from biblical content. The Holy Spirit takes it and he brings out the remnant and he saves them. That's why you're here today. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be saved. God had to do it. You just had to participate and let him do what he was wanting to do. All you can say you did was believed it and trusted it. Now, I want you to think about this. She leaves, she goes out. Now, while Jesus is sitting there, she's went back. They don't know he's been witnessing and talking to her, and he's told her that I am the Messiah. She goes back. While they're sitting there, they're coming back with food. They're trying to feed Jesus. Jesus ain't even eating. They said, did somebody feed him and we didn't know about it? Jesus said, I got food you don't know about. My food is to do the will of my Father. And as Jesus is sitting there talking about his apostles, and they're all worried about today. <laughs> they're worried about getting their physical needs met and material things like food. And food's important. Look at me. I, food's important in my life. But there's something more important than food. And that's the will of our Father. 
which is to evangelize and reach the lost. So that's why we do what we do. Now I want you to look at this. As he's sitting there and they're eating their Happy Meal, and he's telling them, I don't need that because I just seen a lady get saved. And Jesus, knowing all things, said she just went to town and she's bringing back a flock of men and they're fixing to get saved. Because the remnant is being reached. Can I get an amen, church? And out of nowhere, out of Samaria, this one lady who just met Jesus, didn't go to Sunday school for 10 years, didn't go to evangelism training, she got saved, she'd seen Jesus, believed who he was, went back and told her story, amen? And, and convinced a whole bunch of men. And, it's, and Jesus looked at him, and this is what he said. Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the, far, the harvest? It wasn't harvest time. Jesus looked at me and said, y'all think it's four months to the harvest. But I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. What you're looking at, you ain't looking at fields. You're looking at these men who are coming across there toward that place where they were sitting by that well. And Jesus said, for they are already white for harvest. Friends, listen, the problem ain't with the harvest. The problem is with the laborers. Listen to what Jesus said. He told his disciples in another place. The harvest truly is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is the laborers are few. And guys, as hard and difficult as it is to move forward by faith and trust Jesus to do extraordinarily things for him, getting money is not the biggest problem. Getting laborers. Money can be found. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The money's there. But what we need is laborers. We need people who do more than come to church, sit, listen to the preacher, enjoy the worship, and go home. We need people who are willing to join up and give in to the vision of what God wants us to do. Last week, I seen something, and it, it, it changed me in this endeavor completely. As we got ready to vote, we had a full church. And we had to vote on Brother Jonathan, and we said it's time to vote. If you're a member, you can vote. If you're not a member, you're free to leave. Half the church left. Now, I'm here to tell you, joining a Baptist church don't make you saved. But a Baptist church, if you believe in its vision and that God is there, we need people who do more than come. We need people who's going to sign up with us and put skin in the game. Can I get an amen? amen? And so it's one thing to get people to come and like what we're doing here and love, like the Jesus. It ain't the Marvin show. It's the Jesus show. Amen? I ain't nothing but a bunch of stinking flesh. But we present the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Now, I want you to think about this. After they came back and they listened to Jesus and they heard Jesus... They said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said. You see, y'all go out and tell people about Jesus. Y'all go out and tell them about what God's doing at this church. And you get lost people to come back with you. And when they come back and they sit in here and they see what Jesus is doing and the Holy Spirit in the Word, they hear from it personally and they get convicted. Then what did they say? Now they said, for we ourselves have heard him, Jesus, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Guys, listen, until someone is convinced and convicted to the point that he's willing to commit to Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God, he's as lost as a peacock. If that's lost or not, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Peacock made me get a good whipping one time. That's a long story. But I want you to think about this this morning. What we do is we want to go to the back and make more room. Because in here, we've got as many as we can fit. Why we're doing it is because there's a lot of people out there who are waiting to be introduced to our Savior. Amen. And when they do, they will join up. So I'm going to talk next week about church membership and the importance and biblically where that comes from. But this week, I want you to look at what we need to do and how we need to do it. This is what I want you to understand. There is a bunch of people in this area. So we have a high expectation that we can reach people. In a five-mile radius of this church, this comes from the ACS population summary that was prepared by CMR Demographs for the North American Mission Board for the um, Southern Baptist Convention. Its estimate comes from 12, 2012 to 2016. And if you look at the census, 
There's, and this one says we are in a growing, increasing population. More people are moving here than moving out. So it's probably more than this. But I want you to look at this. Total population in a five-mile radius of this church is 3,205 people. Total households is 1,291. Total housing units are 1,620. I was like, why they got to do it that way? So let me read this to you. A household is referring to people who are living in a housing structure. That's a household. It's talking about the people in there, and a household can be numerous people. A housing unit is describing the actual structure in which residents live. Within three, five miles of here, there's 3,200 people. There's 1,291 families, whether they a couple or kids. But there's 1,620 units where people could live. Now, guys, if you take the Baptist churches five miles, and you go from here, you go to First Baptist Greenwood, you go down there, you go to D. Berry, then you go to D. Berry Baptist Church, you go down there to New Hebron, all together we might be hitting five, six hundred. That's something that we ought to be ashamed of. Because there is people everywhere. If you go to a 10-mile radius, it goes to 20,000 people. There is not a problem with the harvest. The problem is with the laborers. The churches are content to come, and we have not went out into the fields and labored like we should. And friends, I'm going to tell you something. To labor for the Lord is not easy. Getting the money is going to be the easy part. Once we go back there, servants to keep this going and accomplish the work that it's going to take to keep this thing moving forward for Jesus to make the body healthy and to make the body able to go out and make a difference, it's going to take all of us and everybody that we can get reached for Christ to be discipled and join up. Preachers can't do it. Youth pastors can't do it by themselves. It takes the whole church, and that's what I'm so thankful for this church. For our size, we have servants. And if you come on Wednesday night and see what this church is able to do, thank God we had fall festival and everybody was there and what an awesome night but none of that can happen because preachers preach good because music is the kind you like because the youth pastor loves your kids and they love him no that can only happen when everybody that comes on Sunday is bought in with everything they got in Jesus name to the cause and then that happens friends you can get ready we're going to see a vision develop and you're going to see God make that vision come so I want to talk to us now about what most of us is here for. How are we going to do it? And most of us think money. Money is not the hardest thing about it, but money is going to be a big thing. Now I want you to look. We have a transitional team. That is Brother John Walker. It's Brother Bart Woods. It's Brother Richard Schomeyer. It's Miss Alice. Allison is not able to be here today. She's at a family member's funeral. And then we got Miss Tiffany, thank y'all. Y'all know me already. Y'all know the look. And so anyway, they were our team, and I want to commend them. They did an exceptional job. They met. We were having meetings so much. Man, it was, they, we have really, they, they have done their homework for y'all. And they have seeked and prayed, and this is what they have seen. The minimum needs to move to the back, you're going to have to have good chairs. If you see the numbers you can read, they said, that's a lot of money for 250 chairs, preacher. Well, because our vision is not to stay back there. Our vision is to eventually build something bigger because who wants to stay in the gym forever? We didn't just get any chair. We got the best. These are made in America right here in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. This is the only chair that you can find that's not with plywood. That is the same thing that the automobile, the automobile industry uses that make seats in cars it's the only one that has a lifetime warranty on the frame and a 20-year warranty on that seat and a 15-year warranty on the fabric this is not the color so don't panic if that offends some of you but this is the chair the only difference it'll have a basket under it that costs more for you can sit your bible we got the pocket that added a little bit to it so we can put tracks and stuff in envelopes and these are the type chairs and they are the top of the line. They are the only chairs made that doesn't have plywood in the bottom. And they don't have any screws. If you look at the back of those chairs, there's a metal bar comes around the back. And there's screws in them. These are pressed on. You can't get them off if you want them off. And when they put them on there, they're there to stay. And they are the best. So eventually down the road, these are good. The fabric we picked out will be where we can get more later. 
So if we grow, we can add to them. So that's for the chairs. The audio system, that would be the sound system. It's $12,412. These are accurate, hard numbers that we actually have a, um, a bid with. The video system, which would be a video projector and a big screen with all the equipment to hook it up, is that price. Stage lighting. When I first told you all this, I was thinking we was going to do like, why not? We just got together, rigged us up some lights that we went and bought at Home Depot, and we put can lights and did it ourselves. This is top of the line. We're we getting everything but the smoke, project, the smoke machine, amen? And for a little while more, we could throw it in there. But what this is going to be is a modern-looking stage. It's going to be lit up where you can take the lighting system and make it multiple colors, change it from a bench. So our stage won't always have to be the same. And this is what all new forward-moving churches are going to. And so we would have top light house lighting. We don't have to do this, but we think we should. Right now, if you've been in the gym, those old can lights, they take forever to come on. Has anyone accidentally ever turned them off and tried to turn them back on? You in for a long wait. You better have a flashlight because they take a long time. These are going to be LEDs, instant on, instant off, and they will be set to make the contrast of the lighting more for a worship service, which we want it to look like. And that is the big cost, $37,146. Now, these are hard numbers, and this is not the highest bid, and probably couldn't maybe be the lowest bid, but we feel that this is a bid worth considering. And this is what we recommend as the transition team and the pastor. The deer stand renovation, if you're wondering what that is, it ain't for Brother Marvin and to go hunting with. It's that big metal thing in the back back there that does look like a deer stand. If I can hang it in a trite tree, I'd love to have it out in the woods, amen? But we're going to bring it down. Brother Richard and some men's going to help do that. These are high numbers. We don't think it's going to cost this much, but we wanted to make sure we bid it over it that we know we'll cover it. And then that sound booth, that $1,000 will turn that deer stand renovation into a nice modern sound booth. Amen? Down on the ground. So that's what we're going to do with that. Um, marking the parking lot. Why are we on parking lot? I want to remind some of us. If you're not old, park in the back. If you see where the preachers are parking and you got four-wheel drive, park in the mud. Amen? Get off the blacktop or the, the concrete and give room for visitors and old folks. Amen? Now, if you ain't old, what did I just say? Don't take up the good spots. Give them. Be considerate. And so anyway, there's plenty of parking back there. But we looked at it. I think we got right at 90-some spots. And we can get about 15 more spots. Is that right, Brother Richard? If we restripe it. Now, if you don't park in the striped area, Brother Gary is going to be giving you permission to have you towed. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. But we can make our parking work by that. Painting the stage. When we say painting the stage, those walls are the wrong color. So to make the lighting work, we're going to paint them a flat black. And then it'll all blend and look good. It may not cost that much. I don't think it would. We can get that done. And then miscellaneous. This is totally a, we just are guessing. But we'd want to make sure we got a lot of money for things that you don't plan on encountering so 5,000 is probably high on that number but and it comes to $68,986 I know it should be rounded off to 69 but don't that sound better 68 that when we go buy stuff if it's for me I'll tell Diane it's only $68,986 she'll say that's 69,000 but if she's buying it and wanting it I'll say it's it's 69,000 you know but anyway all kidding aside $69,000 it's the minimum need to move to the back. Now listen, that's not everything we think we need to do. Because here's the complete needs. The complete needs would mean extending the parking lot. All that in the back back there is just grass. But for $25,000, that grass can be cleaned off. The dirt work can be done. And we can put SB2, that's this stuff that you make driveways with. And we can make that into parking. To do it completely is $25,000, and we've checked a bunch of places. That's the number. It's going to be that much. And then new carpet. We had a couple of estimates. This is the highest number we think it would be. 
You don't have to have new carpet to move back there, but have you seen our carpet lately? It would be nice to get new carpet. Now listen, we can move to the back with just this. But once we move back there and we start growing, and there ain't no sense going back there if we don't think we're going to grow, we're going to need parking. So it would be nice if we could get enough money to get the parking done before we move back there, for we ain't got to worry about getting all that done, that we can worry about reaching people for Jesus and doing ministry and planning on how we're going to grow to the next phase and the next vision that God gives us. So that comes to 114000 But I want you to look at this. The church would have to approve this, but we got money that we could, if the church is in agreement, take $30,000 and put toward this. So we would like to make a recommendation to consider to vote on next week in taking 30000 of the existing money that we have, putting it towards this vision, and that would take that 69000 minimum needs and $39,000. If we're not going to be able to take up $39,000 by our tentative date is, I'm putting it on the wrong one, January the 19th. If we can't come up with $39,000, i am going to tell you, as the pastor, we'll never move. We, we went as far as we're going. $39,000 is not a lot of money to God, and it ain't a lot of money in this day and time. A lot of us are driving vehicles, cost more than that. You say, yeah, but we're taking five years to pay for it, but you're paying for it by yourself. We all coming together to equally sacrifice and give above the tithe because the tithe is God's. This is an offering. What we can, and I believe that if we all give our part and do what we can, $39,000 is a manageable number by January the 19th so we can move to the back without losing momentum. We're full, pretty full. They taught us in seminary when you're 85% full, you've waited too long. Well, look around. Now look. If you don't see good enough to come up here, stand with me. I'll give you permission and come look at me. We're 85. We're way over 85 right now without the kids in here. Now listen, the complete needs would be 114. If we deducted that 30,000, that gives us an $84,000 amount. That right there is what I'm praying for. But I'm believing that 39,000 is done or I wouldn't be standing up here. Amen. And if we all give what we can, and I believe God will use this and people are here and, and you don't know what God can do. But I don't believe in going around begging lost people for money. I believe that God will do it through his people. He's already blessed us abundantly to be an American and to live in the way we get to live. So if we all pray, and I'm going to show you some ingenious ways that you've got stuff to give you don't know about. Some of you got stuff laying in your yard you ain't used in years. You, you ever heard of Craigslist? We got enough stuff laying around. Craigslist can get us that money if we get, we get intentional. Amen, brothers? And we say, what's this? Now, someone said, you're going to sell your boat? No, that ain't getting that intentional. But someone might have a boat you don't use. Someone might have an old something else you don't use. We had people at Why Not, a lady gave her mama's diamond ring. And she gave it to us and said, we don't have money. She was a single mama, had two daughters. And she said, I want to give this. We went and had it appraised. It was a $4,000-some dollar ring. The men said, we ain't using this unless God tells us to. I don't have peace to use it. They put it in the safe. And God just kept giving. And God just kept giving. And the day we moved into it and did our dedication, we gave that lady that ring back. And she cried. And she said, but I didn't give nothing. We said, no, God knows what you gave. So if we give like that, this is a done deal. Can I get an amen? Now, I want you to think about this. You say, this is impossible, preacher. Because I know there's always the person in the Baptist church that thinks everything's impossible. <laughs> and, and that's how a lot of people are in life. They see every glass half empty. They've never seen a glass half full in their whole life. They're negative. They're critical. They, they just, they, they cursed. <laughs> but if you've been saved and you know what Jesus can do, you ought to see every glass is half full. And if he filled it up halfway, how hard is it to fill it up the rest of the way? Because you know what my Bible tells me? If you give to him, he'll bless you, and he'll make it come and start overflowing until it just comes out the top and overflows until you can't even contain it. That's the God we serve. Now, guys, this part here, with men, it is impossible. If we're trying to do it in our own body, and our own strength, 
we'll fail before we start because the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder builds it in vain. But this ain't God, this ain't our house. This is God's house. We're his people. And I believe that we're doing what God would want us to do. He wants to reach more people. He wants his church to be built and grow. He wants to see his kingdom multiplied. And churches today are suffering from a big, big problem. They all don't have vision. They just go to church and do what they've always done. They're good people. They're good-hearted. They're faithful. They're committed. But they're just doing what they've always known to do. And they haven't had a fresh vision in a long time. And the Bible says that a people without vision will perish. So vision from God is life. <laughs> and if he's at work, he's going to encourage us. He's going to speak into our congregation to do great things for him. And I believe as your pastor, he's led us to this place. $39,000, that ain't a little money. But it ain't a lot of money. Brother Jim, have y'all ever built a hot ride cost more than $39,000? <laughs> Anybody ever bought a truck cost more than $39,000? Anybody got a boat? Mine didn't cost nowhere near that much. <laughs> but guys, listen, Americans buy stuff all the time. I was looking about giving, and I'm working towards a sermon that y'all going to get to hear in about three weeks. Americans, Americans give $70 million a year for pet food. And there's people are hungry today. Now, I'm not belittling pets. Thank God they got pet saviors. <laughs> but people need the Savior because there's something worse than starving to death. It's called hell. It's called living eternity without God. And I want everybody in this community that can to have a chance to be able to sing what we sang this morning. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And that's what God wants. So I want to encourage you to pray. Don't do anything you don't feel led to do. We're not going to ask you to do that. But let God work in the hearts of God's people. And let's trust God and we'll meet next week. And we'll vote our hearts. And see what God says to do. Yes, sir. I'm going to answer questions here in a minute. There's no way you can appropriately give that. There's no way to give a, a time for that. We got to do this first because there's no way to go straight from that to another building. But to answer your question, from what we see looking at it, and if I would get our members to come up here, our transition team, because we're going to try to answer questions for y'all. But that's a good question, Brother Sean, because when we move to the back, we don't want to stay there. This building right here, if we could find it be feasible, that is worth putting the money it would take to make it bigger. Certainly we can look at that. But you got to do what is the most feasible and that is most cost effective, plus what is able to do. We perceive being back there no less than three years. That's why I said you got to have laborers. And you got to get people to do more than just come on Sunday, hear the preaching, and go home. Even if they give, that's good. Thank God they probably do. They're a child of God. They should give. But God's called us to do more than just come to church, give our money. He's called us to join up and serve. And so as we grow and we do more ministry, we're going to need a bigger building than we can use with this one. We've looked at the idea that this one may possibly need to be torn down. There ain't no sense in lying about it. If you went upstairs and looked, we'd get a professional to come give us a second opinion. But ones I've talked to, it would be difficult to make this building into a sanctuary big enough where it sits and properly utilize all of our existing space. So to keep another sanctuary and leave this one here, you're looking at buying more property. Now this church has relocated before. You think this is a big thing? They built this church, if I heard right, in 47. Is that right? Moved in and in 47. They relocated. Do you think it was any more difficult to relocate then and to build this in 47 than it is to do what we're talking about now? No, it's difficult. They moved from where they were. And they built a new church because they loved Jesus enough 
to think of people instead of buildings and property. And so that's the answer that we can give you. When will that happen? We can't give you an exact time. Anyone who says they can, they're not God. We know that projection-wise, we should be able to grow and move in. Brother Dickey. It's 68. You need glasses, Dickie. What now? The twenty thousands up there. No, that's separate. See the little space? Them numbers is right. If I could have made them littler, I would have. Sorry in the back. Hold up. One at a time. So do we have any contractors? Yeah. No, sir. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I agree. But these numbers here are not building a building. Y'all are getting ahead of the cart. You can't go from here to build a building. You're going to have to go to the back and grow the number of people. Does that make sense to you? You can't go from A to Z. We're going to have to leave from here, go back there, and build and grow the congregation. Hold up. Brother Jack. And you can ask these guys questions too. Yeah, we do. We may have to do some stuff to the stage to make the outlets, but that's all figured in the, f yeah. Yeah, that, that will, we may have to get him, we may have to get some of you electrical engineers to help us with some of that, but, but see, God's already sent an electrical engineer, amen. I told you God provides, but yeah. But no, we, that would be something we'd look into. This, yeah, this is the cost to get what it takes, the minimum need, to go back there and continue doing worship. I think I've seen a hand over here. Yeah. If y'all don't mind, stand up for we can all see who's... We've done checked and talked to everybody that we knew that could do it themselves. And the, the problem is the rock. The rock, you, not, you can't get it no cheaper. I promise you we have done every... That is someone helping us. Yeah. That, Brother, that Brother, is. Marvin. Brother Marvin, yeah. one of those numbers is $5,000 off. They're back here adding it up and, and looking at what have you. One of the numbers is off by $5,000. Which one's off? <laughs> so It's 69. I've got the numbers Brother John gave me. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on I the just colonel. put them on the screen. Well, what's the difference? That's the, so it's cheaper. Praise the Lord! He's already making it work. I told you it, guys, it's actually good. five thousand cheaper than the thirty-seven one sixty. Okay, so what's the new number? We're celebrating already. I say we vote today. Now. <laughs> All right, so what's the new number? 63,000. Can that be on. right? Hang on just a well, second. I never told you I was no mathematician. I'm a preacher. There's five, $5,050 needs to come off of what you've got there. Off your bottom line there. Okay. Brother John said we'll take it. $5,050 comes off that bottom total right there. Okay. That you're looking at. And so that would come off the other one too. Right. It would come off the 37, 160. It would be instead right. of 114. So we're looking at only 32,000. Right. Praise God. Ain't God good? Or 80. 
See, he, if it's men, it's impossible. Look, we can't It'd even ask. 79 add. on the other side. All right, well, we got that straight, and we'll have that fixed for next week to show you. Brother Bud, 250. That's 250 chairs. Mm, we don't know chairs. You'd have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's 110, and look at it. You're not going to get no 150 people in here. Okay, so anyway, um, if we get to 250, that's a pro like the highest we've had. We've had 158 one time since the first of the year in here, counting kids that moved. And so that gives us 100 more. If we start getting to that point, we're making, we're going to reach enough people where we can seriously consider the next move out of the gym to a permanent new sanctuary. But you got to do it in steps. You can't afford to build another sanctuary to buy more property on who's coming right now. You got to grow. You got to build. And you got to let God do it. And so it's a trust. It's a step. The first step, we go to what we can do. We can't afford to go to the back. We can't afford to go from in here to 250 chairs. We can't afford to worship back there for a while to grow again. With all those people in this area, there's no doubt that this church should be able to run 300 in a couple of years. If you don't think like that, who is your God? <laughs> and so that's how we got to start thinking. I've seen a hand. Yes, Cindy. No. The children's church is not in the gym right now, but we got plenty of rooms to figure all of that out. This is just to get us moved to the back. There's other, that's why I told you. The money is not the biggest thing. There's all kind of ministry needs we have to take care of, too. But that's a good question. But there's plenty of other space available. And this would open this up for Children's Church or something like that. Yeah. Okay, Brother Jesse. Mm -hmm. we, we mentioned it, but that's such a big area, you can't get a big enough TV screen that you would be able to see. Well, they don't recommend putting two because the way that that stage is, if you put them on each side, they're going to have to look way over there to see that, then look back. And then they're not, they'd have to be on an angle. They'd have to be hung from the roof, the one God told us. From what we got from two different people and from what I did talking to other churches that have built, they want you to try to keep your screen like we got ours to where you're looking at the speaker, you're looking at the worship leaders with the screen right above you. To put two of those on each side, you're going to be looking at the screen and you can't look at the people. So with one big screen, and the good thing is the guy that done this, he only wanted to do one projector in one screen. The other guy wanted to hang two big screens, mechanical up and down, that were very expensive and then have to mount them, labor. And then once we move to a new existing sanctuary, we're not going to need screens because they designed the sanctuary now. If you go look in any other churches, the walls on the stage are, are, are angled to where your screen is on each side. And you can see both screens and the speaker from anywhere in the room. So they will de design the new building to where we won't need screens. So we would have them back there and we wouldn't need them in the future. So we together have looked at if we can do one, it makes it cheaper because you're not having to buy two of each and have one big screen just like this above. It, so it would be basically the same thing. That's a good question. Has anybody else got any? Okay, well, we'd have two choices. We can either baptize them on Sunday night up here, but I've already talked to Brother Dennis, and they baptize at the Cowboy Church. They've got a system set up with a tank on a rolling thing and they've got it all decorated nice and pretty and they fill it up and they got a a, a, a a heater that sits in it overnight warms it up a submersible heater and then you got a pipe with that black two inch roll you just roll it up to the door hook it up open the valve and run it right out the door in the back so we can still do baptisms out there and I think that's best because you want your Sunday morning people we want as many people as we can get to see people making 
commitments to Christ. And there's no better one than baptism. So I would personally like to do that. If someone wants to be baptized, if they're against getting baptized in a stock tank, we could do it in here. That's fine. We can go down to the river. I'll baptize you at Caddo. But wherever you want, but we can still do baptisms, Brother Witt. That's a good, that was a good thing. All right, y'all ask them some questions. Y'all got any for them? Do y'all have anything y'all want to say? Yes, ma'am. Well, we, we don't see ourselves at this point what God's showing us leaving this location. We don't want to. Uh, we, sir, do you want to answer that, Colonel? No, no, no. This is step one in what it takes to go further than we are in here. If we stay in here, we've gone about as far as we're going to go. We're not going to reach more people. If we go back there, we can have lots more time to grow. And with, if, if we got 250 chairs and we start filling them up, that's 200 people. To where we got 115 in here right now, we just think we had 215. I don't know about y'all. I believe my God can do that. And I believe he will do that if we stay loving him, loving one another, stay in unity. So once we get to the say we start running that many, ma'am, then we'd start looking at the next step. But we haven't, we spent all our time figuring out how to do this. And it took a lot of phone calls and research and meetings. I can only hope, there's a part of me, Lord, if you want to take me home for the next step, that's good with me, but I'm in it for the end, Lord. I'll stay here and do all I can to help us move forward. But I think we need to listen to God and follow his voice and do what God would lead us to do. Oh, you're talking about stuff in the back. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Well, we really wouldn't need the pews because we're going to get to chairs. And the chairs, when you sit on them, are going to be a lot more comfortable and you can fit a lot more people. And you can move them. But our plan that we're planning on is when we do build, if we outgrow that out there again and grow to the point we can build a new, that these chairs will be utilized in the new sanctuary and we'll get more just like them. We'll still have to use that back there on Wednesday night for kids' ministry. Yes, ma'am. We will have to take up some of them, but not all of them, we don't think. That's what the servant's for. You think coming up with the money, that'll end once we get the money. But as long as we back there, we got to work, man. We got to put up chair. I done did it where I was at. But I didn't want to do this. I, I waited six months after God started putting it on my heart. But I got to do what God wants us to do. I'm not here just to have a full church and be satisfied. I'm here to do everything we can to reach as many people. See, my heart ain't just for in here. My heart's for this whole community. And when I came here, what made me so excited, yes, y'all were wonderful. And I felt the spirit of God in y'all. And y'all have been wonderful and welcoming. But I left, why not? Where they had people were as scarce as, they was nothing but pine trees, timberland. There wasn't nobody in Wynot, Mississippi. And we, we, we was running 200. I know here, with, if they, you couldn't find 20,000 people in Wynot if they was giving away free four-wheel drive pickup trucks. There ain't 20,000. Here in 10 miles, 20,000 people. So it shouldn't be a problem to grow if we're doing what God wants us to do. Yes, ma'am. We, we miss what we would do, what we would do if we go to the back and God's blessing and we grow. The minute we pay for all that, we get the parking lot done, we get the new carpet, that would be that right there. And we're growing, and let's say we're getting new people coming, all that's paid for, we'll begin to form a team on how to get out of the gym. And we would get a probably what I have experienced, how we did it previously. And what I know other churches do, you'll get an architect and you'll bring him on the property. You'll give him, a, a, he'll get an a overhead, like a 
look at it. He'll measure it out, and he'll tell us how many, how many people do you think y'all going to need to sit. I'm just saying a number. Let's say we want a sanctuary that seats 350 people, and we need more available education space. He would look at that building, leaving that building. He would look at all the available space. He would draw it out, and he'll give you what they call a, it's not a building plant blueprint. It's just to give you ideas of what you can do. And then you got to pay him to do that. And he would show us, you, you got this, it'll take this much square footage for your sanctuary. It'll take this much square footage for how much space you're going to need for your education. He'd show us what we could build here. And then we would have understanding of a starting place of what we can build. We ain't to that place. You're nowhere near that. If we don't grow back here, you can't do that anyway. You're going to have to get more people coming. You can't sit here and ever move forward to that without getting at least 100 more people coming that are bought in. This next thing is, then we would start finding out, do we have to tear this down? Or can we add to it? What do we have to do? Then we would find out what it would cost to tear this down, to make this into a place where we could build again. But all that's in the future. And all that is dependent upon God blessing this move. If we could start running over 200, we will have all this paid for. And if people are giving and honoring God, we should be getting more resources. The most important resources, though, are going to be servants that are helping do ministry. The money should come because if God blesses us, we should give back. And so as that comes in, we use wisdom. But right now, you know, our money is in the red. We're growing in numbers on Sunday morning. And we've invested more money. We, we, we invested more on youth ministry. We've invested more on music ministry. We've invested more on children's ministry. And it's all bearing fruit. We are full in here, but our money's not increasing. So all of that is something we have to pray about. And so that's the thing. It takes more than people just filling this room up to accomplish things for the glory of God. It takes people coming and committing to the cause, to the vision, buying into it, becoming an active member, and then also supporting it with the finances that God blesses you with. That's what putting it in the storehouse is. And I'm going to talk about this in the coming weeks. I promise you, y'all got a lot of messages to help you with financial things, to help you with membership. What does the Bible say about membership? Stuff like that. This is good with me. I can stay here all day. Well, that's the date right there. We're going to next week vote. Next week vote, and then on the next week after that, which is the 17th, the 19th. You sure we got that right? The 17th. The 17th. I'm getting my own calendar, my own calculator. All kidding aside, but thank God it was a good one. So on the 17th, we'll do a commitment Sunday and not giving your tithe because we got to keep paying the storehouse and I'm going to explain to y'all that what you can give towards this endeavor and the churches that you see doing all this they've got people in that church that are giving <laughs> that are supporting the work of God bottom line so we'll see what we get we'll have a fundraiser we'll have a pledge and we'll let everybody pledge and we'll see what we get and then we got till January the 19th and my hope and prayer is that We'll see we already got the money coming.